Hello, listeners. Before we get into the finale of our Summer of Strahd, I feel like I owe you an explanation of what made bringing this episode to you such a Herculean task. When we recorded the Summer of Strahd, we did so in a single eight-hour session. Most of that was actually spent playing the game, but a lot of time was lost due to technical difficulties, about halfway through the recording. It was only after sitting down to edit that I realized that about two hours of Juan's audio was simply lost. So, with months of painstaking work, we filled in the blanks. During those months, the entire cast had massive changes in our personal lives, storms and flooding that damaged our homes and property, and working around rehearsal schedules because Juan was cast in a play. Congratulations. Anyway, the episode was meant to upload around Halloween of 2021, and at the time of release, it is Christmas Day of 2021. I want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you listeners for staying with us during these trying times. As you enjoy this episode, know that a separate holiday special will be coming your way. And now, the thrilling conclusion. Now, oh, welcome, adventurers, to the summer of Strahd. <laughs> Welcome back to Rocks Fall Everyone Dies 2021 Summer One Shot. I'm Tommy, he, him, and normally I play Lieutenant Banked Marceau, but this summer I am DMing our playthrough of Strad Must Die Tonight. Hi, I'm Desombra, she, her pronouns, and I normally play Greg. But like this summer, I'm totally playing Flo, the cleric of the secret prawn, all hail. Hi, I'm Scott, he, him. Normally I'm the DM, but this summer I will be playing Abafel, wicked witch of wherever. <laughs> Hi, I'm Juan, he, him. Normally I play Martello Limo Ramiro Ursino Agosto Dursi, but this summer I'll be playing Tristan Renfield, descendant of a long line of monster hunters. Tristan, as you walk over to the portcullis, you get about 20 feet from it, and the three of your friends watch as you suddenly just disappear. It feels like you're falling, and then... <coughs> Oh, wow, your your feet hurt. Actually, all of you hurts. It doesn't feel like you fell vertically. It feels like you fell through space. It's probably another magic thing. You feel very claustrophobic. It is dark. It is so dark. And you're standing up, and you try to move your hands. You try to grab your sword, but you can't really do anything. You feel very claustrophobic. You have no idea what to do. Can I reach for Sunny? You can, but it, it'll take a little finagling because it's so long. Well, actually, it's just a hilt. You grab the hilt, and you want to extend the sword? Yes, I would. Uh, how does the physics of this work? <laughs> I want to say full lightsaber physics. Well, it's radiant damage, not fire damage. Do we see a blazing beam of light come through the lid of the coffin? Uh, just to let you know that he is standing up, and that coffin is laying flat. Ah, oh, boo. I thought we were going mummy sarcophagus, but okay. You turn on the sun sword. Sunny, may I have your help? Yes. This is why you're my best friend. Am I able to extend my sword forward, or is it like being blocked? Yeah, the sword extends, but it cannot break through whatever material this is. Not unless you swing it enough. But with this light, you can definitely tell that you are in some sort of stone coffin. Can I try to force my way out, like you with the sword or by pushing or something? Yeah, sure. Why don't you make a strength check? All right. Strength it is. Nat 20. Total of 25. So you put your back against the stone coffin, and you press your arms against the panel in front of you to push. And with an amount of strength that surprises you... You crack the stone in a couple places. Huh. Piece of cake. This new development gives you ample opportunity to push the panel, and you watch as it falls in front of you, crashing to the ground, shattering into a million pieces. I'm free, I'm free. You are standing in a dank vault. 
with a 10-foot-high ceiling. This room is awkwardly shaped, and it smells of rotten meat. Fifteen stone coffins are scattered throughout the vault, all oriented with what would probably be their heads pointing north. The floor is covered with human bones and rusty swords. That's 15 coffins, including the one I just came out of? Yes. It was also empty. It was probably specifically designed for people to be transported into it. There was nothing already inside of it. You assume that these coffins have things inside of it because it smells like rotting meat in here. Uh, All right. First things first. I'm the realist. Drop this and make the whole world feel it. Sorry. Continue. All right. I'll try calling out uh, Abba Fellflow and, um, oh my God, what is the name of the NPC? It's Irina. Right. Irina. Thank you. To the both of you, Scott and Sumber, roll me a perception check. You definitely hear your friend calling out your name, but a perception check to figure out where it's coming from in this gigantic place. 11 for me. Okay. And to Sumber? I rolled an 8. Okay. So what um, about my best friend, Irina? Does she get to roll? Uh, sure, I'll roll for Irina. What's her stats? Her stats are... Plus 20 to perception. <laughs> Plus 20. Wow, imagine. Oh, she has a plus two in perception. That's more than I thought she would have. That's a 14, ironically the most out of all of you. Tristan? She calls it your name. You do not hear her. She starts to walk in the direction that she believes your voice is. Uh, to both Scott and DeSombra, she starts to walk south, or north, away, back from where you are. We probably should have used the trap wand. <laughs> mm, probably. A little bit too late. <laughs> Next time. Next time. That occurred to me about halfway through that whole sequence. (laughs) Hey, had a fault for a trap sometime, you know? Yeah, we can't circumvent all of it. I'm going to send homunculus to just go and search. Just, like, make a grid pattern. Like, fly around. Okay. While this is happening, can I, like, explore the room I'm in and see if I can find my own way out? So you go to walk north, and it ends to a wall in the chamber. The largest part of this wall, that is a rectangle. You look back the way you came, and you see that it's not really a rectangle. This room is in a regular shape, but behind you directly is an opening that leads to a 10 foot by 10 foot hole that goes up. How far up does it go? It goes, that's a great question, and the answer is it goes up about 40 feet. Alright. Looking up at it, how how climbable does it look? There is purchase, but the stones are slippery. But there is purchase. Okay, so they're like handholds or things to be able to hold on to to help me climb up? Stones do protrude from the shaft at regular intervals, offering some sort of handholds or footholds, but the, they are slippery. Okay, and how high up is it? 40 feet. It's 40 feet to the first handhold? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It's uh, along the 40 feet up, there are purchases every once in a while. Okay, so yeah, I'll... I'm going to use those purchases to help me climb up, then, if, once I get up there. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, so now I just have to figure out how to get to the hole in the ceiling. Maybe I can use the coffins to help climb up to jump up to there. Uh... Yeah. Don't you have athletes? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. Which is what, again? Oh, uh, yeah. Let me, uh, one second. Let me find that. Climbing doesn't cost me extra movement. And I can make running long jumps or running high jumps after moving only five feet rather than ten feet. Okay, can I like try to move those five feet and use my strength score to jump up to the ceiling to start climbing? Okay, so it doesn't say anything about this, but what I will say is because you have it, I'll give you advantage on an athletics check to get up. Okay, that's fair. Well, doesn't that feat already give him advantage on? No. No, it doesn't. Oh. Okay, would I be able to like move or climb on top of one of the coffins and use that as a jumping point to try to jump up yeah, but and you, you, get a yeah. handle to start climbing up. And you can take however long you want, so it doesn't really matter. All right, I'm going to start climbing to get ready to jump up. You can roll to jump, but just generally give me an athletics attempt to scale this. All right, cool. With advantage. I only have a modest plus 11 to athletics, oh so let's see how this goes. Jeez. Wow. It hurts. All right, so first roll is in 18 plus 11 for 29. Although I guess I should still roll for the advantage just in case. That is fair. That's very fair. Yeah, so that'll be a uh, nat 20. <laughs> 31, does that do it? Oh, wow. You 
take your hands and you rub them in some bone dust on the ground to <laughs> bone to <laughs> properly dry them and to chalk them. And you do a gymnastics jump and you successfully vault yourself up. And man, if anyone was watching you, you would definitely be accepted to one of those dwarven national gymnastics competitions. Wait, dwarves have gymnastics competitions? National gymnastics competitions. Absolutely. You get to the top. There is a small landing. It's not much of a landing, but there is a small landing. And there is a stone slab of a door in front of you. And you assume that this is some sort of fake-out crypt. That you open it and then you fall into it, and that's part of the trap. By the way, while all this is happening, I'd like to convert some sorcery points to get some slots back. Sure. I trust you to do it successfully. Okay. All right, I'd like to try to push open the, the slab. Sure. Roll me a strength check. All right, strength is my specialty. Let's go. That'll be a nat one. You go to push it, and you injure your finger, and you go, ow! And you yell it really loudly. Ow! And everyone else who is already kind of making their way over to you hears it, and they all start to make their way over to you. Man, you really hurt your finger. Oh, man, that sucks. Ugh, and now your finger is... Ow, my fingy! <laughs> you hear Irina's voice in the side. Tristan, is that you? Irina, uh, yes. What are you doing behind there? Nothing. I am definitely just being very effective. What happened? Well, I seem to have activated a trap and appeared somewhere else. I let myself out performed several heroic acts, made my way up a shaft, and now I am stuck behind the slab. <laughs> she would be laughing if it, this wasn't such a dire situation. She takes a crowbar out of her equipment and starts to help you open it. Oh, she has a crowbar. She does have a crowbar. Why don't you roll me another athletics or strength check? Uh, do I have advantage? She's going to give you advantage. All right, cool. First roll, 12 plus 5 for 17. Okay. And uh, second roll is a 14 plus 5 for 19. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find the... No, it's not. It's a 15 check. Awesome. So either would have worked. Yeah, you are definitely able to open it. You push it, the stone slab falls to the ground, and now you have uh, rejoined with your friends. What would the check be to put the slab back? Because the last thing I need is for something to come up to me and be like... Return the slab, or some weird thing like that. Fifteen-ish. Fifteen? Okay. Fifteen, actually. Perfect. Uh, yeah, no, cool, thank you. That's, uh, yeah, twelve plus five, seventeen. I got it. Absolutely, yeah. I'm just happy that I was able to remember a number in this huge game. What would you guys like to do now, now that you have all rejoined? All right, um... Ticking down, you have sixteen minutes left. So what are our options here? We can go back to the same crypt and go over the trap or go to the one on the other side. Uh, I mean, yeah, we can try again. I mean, we can. I feel like if it's trapped, there's got to be something useful behind it. Is, is it a hole that you fell in or you just got teleported? I, I'm confused by this. So I was teleported into a crypt and then climbed up a separate hole to get back. So it looks like there were two traps to set up to make us fall down there. Uh-huh. So it was a tele- like it teleported you. It wasn't. It, it was definitely teleportation. So I don't have a way to dispel that. If you're that worried about it, we could just try the other side. I mean, I feel like if I were a vampire, the master of unholy night and what have you, that I would put a trap on the area in front of my coffin. Like I would try and defend myself from that stuff. But this is one of the problems we have with not having a dedicated trap finder. Does Flo's wand have any charges left? I have two, actually, don't I? Or did no, I use one. it twice? twice? Oh, I used it twice. Yeah, okay. I never marked that, though, so let me go and do that. There we go. I have one more left! <laughs> Alright. I feel like I just want to send Homunculus through that spot again to see if it works. Alright, I'm going to send Homunculus to slip through the bars, the portcullis. Okay. Same place that we were before. Just walking through the same path? Yeah. Well, not walking, flying. Flying. Okay. Homunculus heeds your warning and looks around, remembering where Tristan disappeared, and will fly up about 30 feet just to make sure, and go over a bit and fly back down, and is successfully on the other side, right next to the portcullis. Homunculus is a little too thick to fit through the portcullis. It's a tiny creature. 
Make a dexterity check for a monkeyless. Okay. So monkeyless also has wings. You can tuck those in. That's a six. That's yeah. Monkeyless is having trouble folding his wings by himself to try to fit through the bars and is looking at you for help. <sighs> All I can think of is the T-Rex from Meet the Robinsons. The, I have a very big head and very tiny arms. And I'm just not sure how well this plan was thought out. <laughs> so perfect. Yeah, no, it's the best scene of the movie. Yeah, easily. What did you decide to do? I think this is a problem of insufficient motivation. So I am going to put a minor illusion of just the biggest stack of bananas ever on the other side of the thing. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and give him advantage by motivation. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, I like that idea. Why don't you roll me another dexterity check? It's not a very high DC, but it's, it's still a DC nonetheless. 19. Oh, that definitely works. And as it slips through the bars and goes through the bananas, it passes straight through them and just keeps pushing his hand through the bananas, trying to grab one. And I dispel the illusion. I says, now get back to work. <laughs> and I hold up my crystal looking through Homunculus's eyes. So black marble steps descend into a dark tomb that has a vaulted ceiling 30 feet overhead. The essence of evil permeates the very air. The smell of freshly turned earth is here. Settled into the dirt on the floor is a shining black coffin of finely waxed wood. The coffin's fittings are of brilliant brass, and its lid is closed. South of the coffin are three gloomy alcoves. An iron lever protrudes from the north wall, east of the tomb's entrance. I feel like Homunculus should pull that lever. Sure. Pull the lever? Pull the lever. Homunculus pulls the lever, and the portcullis lowers. So wait, so it was an up portcullis? Like- it was an up portcullis. Okay, so it spikes through the ground, like shooting up. Yeah, shooting up, yes. Okay, so now they, they've come down. Yes, that's what it describes. Awesome. I can't imagine that that's how it would normally work, but that's what it describes. Okay. Sure. As long as we fly over and follow the path that Homunculus took, we can circumvent the trap. And now the portcullis is open. Hop on my broom. I would prefer to jump. Okay, <laughs> try to jump over it. Don't doubt my high jump, man. What's your high jump like? Well, as an athlete, I don't need the full running start to get the high jump. And it's my strength modifier, which is five, plus three uh, feet high. So a total of eight feet. Okay, sure. It's a space of 10 feet by 10 feet, but sure, I'll allow you to high jump it. Why don't you roll me an athletics attempt? Just, just, I just want to see if you crit fail on this. All right, so that's... Uh, <laughs> it's what every player wants to hear their DM say. 9 plus 11. Dirty 20. Dirty 20, that's fine. You high jump it, and wherever you think that the magic is, you definitely circumvent it. You jump past it. You look around just in time to see the portcullis go down. And when he jumps, he does a full-on swan dive, arms out to the side as he jumps over it, lands with a full-on cartwheel, stands up, full grace. <laughs> that's kind of dope. And then you T-pose. And then you t <laughs> Of course, that went without saying. Okay, so what do you guys want to do? You guys want to walk in? Not walk. I'm flying. Same. Okay. And I'm taking uh, Irina with me. Sure. Irina's on your broom, and all of you enter into Strahd's Crypt. There is nobody here. Huh. I kick in the door. No. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I mean, can we hide, like, in the coffins, or are there alcoves or anything so we can set up, like, an ambush? Oh, no, no, no. I want to take my eight remaining stakes and I want to find a way to like put a little bit of dirt in there and like bury them so that they're all sticking up so that when... First like, you make out, now you want to give them your wood. So that if, if, if the coffin's empty, the way vampires work, when you beat them, they turn into mist and they return to their coffin. If he reformulates, all of a sudden there are stakes in his body. Ew, I like that idea. Is there like any dirt anywhere? There's dirt all over the floor. Let's do this. <laughs> yes. Let's go. Okay, so you guys want to push open the coffin first? Yes. Uh, I think that the person with the most HP should be doing that. Yeah, that's me. Guidance. <laughs> I have Firebolt at the ready in case there was a vampire in the coffin <laughs> already. Gonna turn that vampire into a vampire. <laughs> Fire jokes. It's good. It's funny. You push open the lid. The lid falls to the ground. There is nobody inside the coffin. You want to put stakes in it? Yes, I want to put stakes in it so they're sitting upright so that if Strahd von Zarevich 
forms inside this coffin from a cloud of mist. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite moment from the beginning of the season. Then he will have stakes embedded in his body. I'm going to place as many as I can wherever the heart region should be. Roll me a intelligence check. I mean, I've got eight of them, so... Yes, but I want to see if you are able to position them that if he apparates, that they just don't get squished down. Can it be medicine? Okay. Yeah, sure. Medicine, sure. Why not? (laughs) Well, we're going to put the lid back on it so he doesn't think that we, like, touched it, right? Uh, Sure, we could do that. Yeah, absolutely. So once you figure that out, we should put it on. And can we, like, hide? Yeah, let's totally do that. Like, Pass Without Trace, hide. Actually, Pass Without Trace lasts like an hour. I think it should still be up. Uh, did you maintain concentration? I don't think I took damage, and I haven't dismissed the spell. So Sweet. All right, in that case, let me just roll this medicine check. Oh, guidance. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's an 18 total. It takes a while, but you are able to... With the water from the decanter of endless water, you are able to create mud that is tacky enough to uh, make sure that the stakes don't go anywhere, like makeshift adobe. Oh yeah, I'm totally using like firebolt and control flames to like bake it. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you use all eight of them all over the place? Yeah, I'm using the eight remaining ones. If Strahd ends up in like any direction in this coffin, then it should find his heart somehow. Sure, I see. Okay, so this is going to take up the rest of your time, the rest of the time on the timer. I'm just going to go ahead and close the coffin. And then hiding? Sure, okay, it works. You are able to successfully hide. Everyone roll me another stealth check. Also, can we pee before we do, like, the big fight? Strahd waits for no urine. (laughs) You're in trouble. Wait, what check are we doing? Stealth. A stealth check. Just a reminder, we do still have plus 10 from Pass Without Trace. Nat 20, plus 17 for a total of 37. A 6 for a total of 18. So this is a stealth check, right, you said? Yeah. 24. Nice. Oh, Irina will also make a stealth check. That is a 10 plus 1. 11, that's plus 10. That's 21. Watch with stealths like these. Strahd doesn't even show up. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't even his coffin. (laughs) Here's the thing. I, I really do hope that this isn't like a fake out coffin and our left always left has given us success. It works in the touch tunnel. Uh, on the what? I'm sorry. Which How dare you? Who do you think I am? My father will hear about this. Okay. Well, everyone who wants to go to the bathroom, why don't you? And when everyone comes back, we will begin this once again. Hello, darling. I'm cutting in for a moment to remind you to share this podcast with everybody. If you ain't done so already, go ahead and leave us a five-star review in your podcast app. We've got a website, too, to check out with all of our episodes in case you got a friend who don't use a podcast app. And it's got links to our social media handles, too. RFEDpod.com. If you want us to advertise your product, you go on ahead and reach out by email. RFEDpod at gmail.com. Thank you kindly. This is Bambi signing out. Hello, we're going to start back up again. Awesome, awesome. Uh, everyone tell me your uh, stealth checks. I got an 18. 18, awesome. One? Uh, nat 20 for a total of 37. Oof, wow, wow. Nat 20, okay. December? I got a 24. 24, awesome. Can you roll a uh, stealth check for homunculus? 27. Oof, okay. Cool. Damn, Batman. You all patiently wait for Strahd. In different parts of this very open room, very, very, very open room that has no noticeable you landmarks said there were in alcoves. It. There are alcoves, sure. And there's also... There would be a lot of shadows in the alcoves. That is... Mm-hmm. And there's no ambient light, so 
you can hide, sure. I did allow you to hide. I'll say one, you buried yourself under the earth <laughs> and you're using that as like a... <laughs> like a <laughs> oh yeah, full predator. <laughs> earth tomb jitsu. <laughs> They're in the trees! No. So you all hold your breath as you hear... Another hour strike. And you hear a knock. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, I know you're in there. You left the portcullis open. It's fine. It's fine. I just wanted to talk. And he'll walk down the stairs, and he will step on Juan's face, and <laughs> which is on the ground. And <laughs> Rolling at 20, and they still walk all over me. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. Because he steps, uh, he steps on you, he absolutely like cannot even look for you you were out of his peripheral trying my best not to be like mother (laughs) you don't make any noise Uh, canon horse psychologist and being stepped on by strad canon (laughs) strad is looking around the room he is going to start to look for you guys if you guys are not going to do anything okay so he's like standing on me and facing what would be like above me within like attack distance yeah he is decanter (gasps) all right i'm gonna take the unignited sunny and i'm gonna lift it up and (laughs) just position it so it would be pointing right between strahd's cheeks (laughs) take a three count one two three and ignite it you're going to ignite sunny (laughs) that's right i would like to make the sun shine where it normally doesn't (laughs) <laughs> you know i just want my drill to pierce the heavens <laughs> Purge the wicked. hidden jitsu one thousand years of pain <laughs> uh why don't you make me an attack roll uh, uh, with advantage using the sun sword <laughs> uh, all right uh first one's a nine plus ten for 19 let's see the second and 10 10 plus 10 is uh, 20. <laughs> Someone tried to stab Strahd through the throat with the sun sword, and it worked, and they killed him like that. But no one ever went through the other end. Good for you. <laughs> it's a campaign of firsts. Yeah. You know, I just felt that the vampire hunting books in my family were incomplete, and I just want to try out other things, you know? I believe sun sword also gives you something a little extra. Extra to hit or to damage? Your damage. Okay, so just to make sure I do hit then, right? That hits. All right, cool. So that's 1d8 plus 7 base plus an additional d8 because he's undead. He's hurt, right? He hasn't taken any damage. It's a... Well, he took my damage. Sort of. Oh, right, because vampire, he heals after damage. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Then um, I'm going to be activating favored foe on a hit, Mm -hmm. which at this level does an additional d6 damage. Oh, it goes to D6. That's nice. Sure. Remember that it's concentration. Right, yeah. Uh, Hunter's Mark. It, not Hunter's Mark, sorry. Um, favorite foe. Well, they're both concentration. Yep. Uh, so that's 2D8 plus 1D6 plus 7 on this first hit. And so that's a total of... Yes. 20 radiant damage. Okay. Okay. 40 points of damage right off the bat. <laughs> uh, do I still get a second attack? Mm-hmm. Well, this is technically a surprise round, uh, and you have actions during a surprise round, so sure. Oh, right, cool. That means I get all my attacks in. So let's go 12 plus 10, so that's 22. You still have advantage. See if you crit. Yeah, let's see if I crit. Uh, Second roll, 11 plus 10, 21. Both hit. All right, cool. So now he is damaged, so he's taking an extra D8 because of my ranger archetype. D8, yeah. Colossus Slayer. Go ahead. 3d8 plus 7. Plus 7 plus 1d6. For a total of... I feel so proud of myself that I'm able to keep up with your math. 29. Okay. I can make an offhand attack with my whip. That is correct, with the bonus action. With the glow dagger attached to it. Yes, that one. Okay. So how much damage am I doing with that, just so I know before I start rolling? I'll say it would be 1d4 damage. Uh, but he's undead. Plus 2d6. It's not plus 2d6. It's plus 2d6 with all undead except Strahd. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we didn't run into any of those. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so uh, first roll is 14 plus 8, 22. That hits. Second roll, I got an 11. 1d4 plus 5 plus 1d6 for favorite foe. No, you can only do that once per round, I think. It's pretty much just the alternate form of Hunter's Mark, isn't it? Um, I believe it applies to all attacks. Yeah, just make sure. It's a new, it's a Tasha's ability, so... The first time on each of your terms when you hit the favored enemy and deal damage to it, including when you mark it, you increase the damage to 1d6. Alright, so that's um, uh, 3 plus... Can you uh, give me the total damage? Because I can't do math in my head. Uh, Yes, uh, sorry. Uh, That will be a total of 14. (laughs) Okay. So total damage would be 20 plus 19 plus 14, so uh, that'll be 54 damage. Yeah, that seems right. So you stab him up the butt, and then you whip him with a dagger at the end of it. The dagger plunges into his thigh, and he goes, ah, and he yells at his thigh. And um, whip it good. I really focused on the math to make sure I got it right. You could say I was uh, anal about it. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to negate the damage, and he does negate a lot of the damage. But some of the damage carries over, and he can no longer negate damage. Dasamri, would you like to go, or, or shall I? Let me go. I'm going to cast Guiding Bolt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. So, let me just take a look. And because he didn't see it coming... Yes, you do get a ranged spell attack with advantage. Because it is a surprise. Alright, so, I, I think it is a plus eight. Yep, it's a plus eight. What are you casting this at? What level? Four. Fourth level? <laughs> Holy crab cakes! <laughs> Man, oh man. <laughs> Is that your last fourth level spell? <laughs> so it's a 28. A 23, sorry. 23 still hits. Why don't you roll me some damage? Well, why don't you roll again to see if you crit? So I'm doing this again, and I, I only use the 8. No 5. The plus 8. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is to see if you crit. Oh, so close. So it's a 27. See, if you were a Hexblade Warlock, you would have critted it. Okay, why don't you roll me damage? On a hit, the target takes 4d6 radiant damage, by the way. Plus an additional 3d6 for casting at a higher level. Right. It's 76. Okay, thank you. It's 24. That's a lot of damage. Good for you. And there's one more person with a held attack. Oh no, there's three more people because oh, homunculus. Sure. And Irene, I will calculate Irina's attack as you do this, by the way. Go ahead. I am going to light him up. I'm going to use Quicken Spell for a fourth level Scorching Ray. That's how many rays? That is four rays. Four rays. Yes. And all of them are advantage because he doesn't see me. Yep. Irina's second attack doesn't hit, by the way. So a 12 for the first first ray probably doesn't hit. No, 12 does not hit. All right. The next one is a 16 and a 2, so that's a 24 total for the second ray. That, that would hit. And the 7 and a 15, 15 plus 8 is 23. That would definitely hit. All right, so that's two rays. And a 1 and a 3. No, those probably wouldn't hit. So two of those rays are going to hit. That's fine. On the first fire damage that I deal, mm-hmm. I add an additional plus five. Sure. So this is going to be... 46 plus five. Reroll ones. Nope, I don't reroll ones. I just become twos. Oh, I see. So that's going to be 18 points of fire damage for the Scorching Ray. Okay. And that's one of my spell things, but I'm also going to use a Firebolt, which is a cantrip, as my action. Because you quickened. Because I quickened. Mm-hmm. 13 plus 8, 21 to hit is my higher roll. Yeah, that would hit. And so that's going to be 18 damage. 18 damage, sure. Nice. Yeah. So I believe that brings it to 36 total fire damage this round. Yeah, I've been deducting it piecemeal. Now let's use homunculus. Sure. 20 to hit. That would hit. Is the higher roll. And with Might of the Master, it also gets the bonuses to its damage. Oh, nice. Equal to proficiency? Yes, 1d4 plus 4. Yeah, so that's seven points of force damage from Homunculus. Seven. Yes. Thank you. And Irina already did her damage. Cool, that is everyone's surprise attack. By the way, how are you guys spaced out right now? Well, I'm underfoot. Under Strahd's foot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at a good amount of range. I, I mean, are you, are you guys close enough together? How close are you guys together within this room? This room is 50 feet by... 30 feet? Well, well, I don't have to be close at all. I can be very far away. I'm asking if you guys are in different quarters or in the same corner. Uh, different quarters. Nobody puts Tristan in a corner. <laughs> Whose turn is it? Well, who knows? You guys have yet to roll initiative. Roll initiative. 
wait, wait, real quick. Flying straight up. Okay. I'm going to the ceiling, and so is homunculus. I believe it's, what did I say? Did I say 30 feet or 50 feet? Whatever it is, I'm there. Because okay. my speed with the broom is 50 feet. Got it. Whatever it is, it's an odd number. Um, I'd say that's a pretty good surprise round. What do you guys think? Eh, it could have been better. Yeah, I could have hit with two of my Scorching Rays. Uh, an, an additional 46. I could have rolled all nat 20s. Irina missed one of her attacks. Arena's attack missed? Uh, one of Arena's attacks missed. She has multi-attack. Uh, okay. So, that brings us to... That brings us to Strahd's freshly tanned butt. <laughs> yes, thank you, Juan. <laughs> my initiative is only plus two. How tall is the chamber again? It's it's 30 feet ahead. That's uh, Overhead. That's what I am. Yeah. All right. So I'm at an 11, and Homunculus is at a 5. Uh, okay, 11, 5, and... Okay. I'm an 18. Oh, I should roll for a strut, shouldn't I? Uh, okay, cool. And I should roll for Irina as well. I think Homunculus is going last, no matter how we slice it. Uh, and then Greg... Or, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I also wrote down Martello, actually. What's your name again? Tristan? Yep, I'm Tristan. My initiative is a 20. Tristan. And, uh, not Echo. What's your name? The progressive person. Flo, thank you. Not a sponsor. Although, if they want to be. And Irina got a a 15. Mm. Uh, And you got a what, Scott? I got an 11. Got it. How do you spell your name? Just Margaret. Margaret. Margaret Hamilton. <laughs> it's Abafel, spelled M A R G. Homunculus. 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 That was easy. Got a five. Yeah. And that's everyone. Okay, cool. So Strahd is up first. Strahd got a 23. It feels very nice that something is going Strahd's way. Uh, Strahd is going to look down at the ground <laughs> and see the human <laughs> crawl. I did not think this through. <laughs> you see the human crawl out of the earth and will grab you by the throat and it's going to make an unarmed strike against you. Yay! Let's see if that hits. Well, let's hope. That is a uh, 19 plus 9 is a... Yeah, that'll hit. Yeah. And then um, that's two 19s in a row. So you are technically grappled immediately right now. You take, that's not D8. You take uh, 11 points of bludgeoning damage as he swipes and grabs you and brings him closer to you. And then you take... Okay, I think that's enough dice there. Uh, You take 15 points of necrotic damage as his uh, talons dig into your skin, and he will use his second attack to bite you, which automatically works because you are grappled with him. So you now take um, oh man five points of piercing damage the lowest you could get and then yep, all according to plan 12 points of necrotic damage alright then your HP maximum is reduced by 12 maximum? sucks don't it? Sucks would be the word. Ow, I am not doing too great now. I mean, he went from whatever he was at, minus around 60 HP. So he's not doing so well either. And he's really upset. And he just picks you up by the throat and he bites into your neck. He's not discarding you just yet. Uh, and he's going to look at the two other people. Uh, three. Of- Is Sunny still in his butt? Um, no, you pulled it out to protect yourself. Ah, okay. Because dual wielder. Um, that would be funny, though. <laughs> um, okay, so that is the end of Strahd's turn. It is currently your turn, Tristan. What would you like to do? All right, uh, first things first. I'm the realist. Sorry. I'm going to move on. Remember, you are grappled. Right, currently. I am grappled. Okay, uh, can I break free? It would take an action. Yeah, okay. Unless you have uh, a, the freedom of movement. No, I don't have freedom of movement. Okay. I mean, grapple just means my, my speed is zero. So, 
All right, I'm just going to go ahead and start mailing him because I can still do that fully. Love it. Do, do I have advantage for the guiding bolt? You would, yes. No, that's not true. Homunculus uh, did a physical attack. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The... All right, so I guess uh, just regular attacks here then. I'm going to use my bonus action to cast Searing Smite, and uh, then I'm going to roll my first attack. Okay, that is a 9 plus 10 for a total of 19. 19 definitely hits. All right, I'm going to activate Favored Foe. It doesn't require an action? Uh, no, no, no action. Uh, it's when you hit a creature with an attack roll, you can mark the target as your favorite enemy for one minute or until you lose concentration, as if you were concentrating on a spell. The first time on each of your turns that you hit the favorite enemy and deal damage to it, including when you mark it, you can increase the damage by 1d6. So the problem is that you currently have Searing Smite as concentration on your sword attack. But it goes off on the hit, and Favored Foe goes off on the hit as well. It goes off the attack, so then after you finish it, you use... So it's transferring concentration, both applying. Uh, Wow, that's really... Cool. That's fine. Go ahead. All right. So since I had casted Searing Smite at a second level, that's an additional 2d6 mm-hmm. plus Favorite Foe, so an additional 1d6. Sure. When with Colossus Slayer and the Sunblade ability, that's 3d8 and plus my modifier, so that's plus 7. So that's a total of 29. What's your fighting style again? My fighting style is uh, dual wielding. Dual wielding. Cool. All right, now my second attack. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so that's a 17 plus 10 for a total of 27. Okay, 27 definitely hits. All right, cool. This one's only 2d8 plus <laughs> favorite foe. Uh, let me just try to mark down the damage that happened earlier, because I, I, I haven't done that yet. 29 damage. So that would be that much damage. And what's the new amount of damage? Uh, this one is doing just 17 total. Got it. Okay, cool. Uh, he is hurt badly. He is very, very, very hurt. I look at Sunny, and I then look back at Strahd and say, I guess I'll serve you, Sunny Sightop. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I can do this all day. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. <laughs> all the one-liners. I'm the one who knocks. <laughs> Flo, it's, uh, it's your turn. What do you want to do? <laughs> All right. Can I use my channel divinity? Uh, sure. It's an action or is it a bonus well, action? Well, here's my question. I have two, mm-hmm. right? Didn't you un- turn undead earlier? I did not do that. Okay. I, I, I must have misremembered. Okay. Yeah. You still have two left. And it looks like yes. channel divinity is no action except when it's like certain things. Well, yeah. So path to the grave is an is action, action, but I can yeah. use channel divinity to regain. It says you can channel divinity, ener- divine energy to fuel um, magical effects a number of times per short rest. I don't know what that means, that part, but then it says channel divinity, no action. Is there certain ones that are actions and certain ones that aren't actions? Yes. So if you look at your action page, it'll say channel divinity, uh, colon path to the grave channel divinity colon turn undead there's certain things you can do with it you can also channel divinity colon harness divine power harness divine power was one of the uses of channel divinity we were talking about earlier but it's not the only usage of Good, it. So that's, but if you were to do because no, yeah. that's a bonus action because that is that is a bonus action okay um go ahead and if you were to do Path of the Grave, it would expend a Channel Divinity, which is like a resource, which is like a spell slot. Um, but uh, it would be an action, and you would give that creature vulnerability on the next attack that deals damage to it. Okay. So I am going to Channel Divinity as my action, but then I'll also use my bonus action. I can do that? Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, pray to the mighty prawn and hope that the mighty prawn bestows upon us its wonderful blessing. Um, and I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to use um, Path to the Grave on um, Strahd, and then I'm going to use my bonus action to harness divine power and take one of my spell slots back. Okay, cool. Um, you can take a spell slot up to a level, one spell slot up to a level of two. That's perfect, because I only have one that's missing. Okay, cool. Awesome. I don't go next. 
Uh, both of your uh, your both of your channel divinities are gone. By the way. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, that is your turn. Uh, Irina sees all of this happening. Yeah. And is looking back and forth and looking at you and looking at Strahd, who is now glowing with radiant energy and is a little confused, looks down at the measly sword and short sword in her hand and looks over at, uh, at, uh, uh, looks over at Abafel. Got it. And will use her action to try to gain Strahd's attention and faint out as she moves out of the way just in time to uh, to give Abafel advantage on her next uh, spell attack. You go, girl. Team player. Team player. All right. So Let's see, Irina never did nothing for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> the next attack that deals damage. Yeah. So she's giving you advantage on an attack roll with the spell. You don't have to use it if you don't want to, but that's what's going on. Well. I think my most damaging attack is actually my firebolt, like my my da- most damaging single source attack. So I'm going to use as my action first to cast firebolt. Okay, you do so once you're rolling attack roll. Yeah, with advantage. So with advantage. Uh, that's a plus eight to hit. Um, okay, that's not good. That's fourteen. Is my better of the two. 14 does not hit. All right. So in that case, I am going to use my next best thing, a quickened Scorching Ray cast at third level. Each ray counts as a separate attack. It does. I'm actually only going to use a second level Scorching Ray. Okay. Still advantaged? No. Okay. It's the first attack. Um, 26 to hit. Definitely hits. So that's the one that's going to be double damage, and that's the one I'm going to be putting my uh, fire, uh, my fire elemental adept on it. So sure, that's going to be quite a bit. So that's going to actually deal two d six plus five doubled. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Should I roll that first, or yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Twenty two points of damage after the doubling. And your next attack. My next attack with the scorching ray. My second ray. Um. 20 plus 8 is a 23 to hit. 23 hits. Want your only damage. No extra damage. There's no moxie on this one. It's just an additional. Um, that's actually a, a... So that's 7 because of my fire elemental to adept. Got it. My 1s count as 2s. So that's okay. six point, So that's 7 points of fire damage for the second ray. Okay. Um, and let's see. Scorching ray cast at uh, second level is still 3 rays. So I forgot there was a third ray. So. Okay. Why don't you do that? Yeah. Oh, which means there should have been five rays when I cast it at fourth level. Whatever, it's fine. That's a natural one, so... Yeah. Does Abafel hit themselves? No, it doesn't hit you. I'm not that type of DM. Ah, it's really rude. Right. So into the dirt. Sure. Okay, that's the end of your turn. It's Homunculus's turn. All right. So, oh my god, what if Homunculus gets the kill shot? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have many hit points left. It really doesn't. It's... All right, so homunculus is, homunculus is 30 feet up, just straight above, and and Homunculus is basically going to... Uh, like psychic bolt it? Salva maneuver. They're going to what? Okay, so you don't, guys don't know what that means. No. It, it's when you, like, take in a breath and then try and put that pressure in your chest. He's, he's bearing down. Okay. To force strike with monkey poop. <laughs> <laughs> see. Okay, sure. Why don't you give me an attack roll? I, I hope this kills him. And this is a... Death by pink eye. <laughs> uh, that's an 18 to hit. It, it hits. He's okay. very, very low. All right. So, uh, <laughs> 1d4. <laughs> it is 1d4 plus 4. Eight points of force damage of pooping on a pooping Strahd's head. <laughs> is that is that the end of your turn? Please yeah, tell me he's dead. Strahd is still standing. Damn. Okay. That was the maximum damage that Homunculus can do. Strahd is very hurt. He's looking around frantically. He is going to hold and pick up Tristan. Walk over to Flo. 
and cast uh, Wait, uh, Fireball. Do, do I get to contest that? Because I'm not going with him willingly. Well, he, he'll make a strength check to drag you. Oh, he's casting a spell? He is casting a spell. Counterspell. Cool. At what level? I only have third level slots left, so... Okay, why don't you roll for it then? Alrighty. 1d20 plus my arcana of 5. Uh, it is... 23. No, it's an ability check, not an arcana check. Okay, charisma ability check is plus 5. Oh, never mind. Okay. Yeah, my casting stat is plus 5. Okay, cool. You successfully dispel his spell. I think not, pretty boy. He was going to cast Fireball at 5th level. Damn. Like I said, I think not, pretty boy. <laughs> <laughs> He was going to try to take the two of you out. Counterspell is so clutch. I love Counterspell. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, okay, that ends his turn. He can't really do anything. All right, my turn. I look at Sonny and say, all right, let's do this. You hear a voice in your head say, do, do it. it. Smite, Smite him, him once, once and for all. all. Strike me down with all of your hatred, and your journey to the dark side will be complete. All right, I'm going to take Sunny, reverse grip them, and then try to plunge the flaming blade into Strahd's heart. Sure, go ahead. All right. That's an 8, but plus 10, so a total of 18. It hits. All right, cool. I'm going to do... Uh, smearing Smite again at second level, and with Colossus Slayer, and once again activating Favorite Foe, will once again let me do 3d8 plus 3d6 plus 7 damage for... Okay, um, that's a 35 total. I'm just gonna go ahead and roll second attack. 18 plus modifier 10, and uh, this'll just be 2d8 plus 6. <laughs> okay. Uh, 10 damage. He oh. had two hit points left. Oh my god. <laughs> Love it. Okay, what happens? I'm gonna take Sunny, pull them out, and then just slash, backhand slash, across uh, Strahd's oh, chest. Ahsoka Tano style. <laughs> As Strahd is dying, I'm going to look at Sunny and say... I told you I would bring him down, and I did. I swore that I would... Damn it, wrong accent. Okay. I am Inigo Montoya. I am Inigo Montoya. I am... All right, there we go. I am better. And then I will turn to Strahd and say... It doesn't matter. He's already dead. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I I took a while. All right. As you drive home the hit, you pass through his body with ease. Deeper and deeper, you plunge the sun sword, a weapon of divine creation made solely to destroy and vanquish the darkness and evils that might ruin the land of Barovia. As it slides deeper into his body, there's more and more give, and suddenly your arm, uh, you you push your arm fully through his chest. You wonder what, what on earth is happening as part of his body continues to discorporate like it did before when he turned to mist. Soon all of him is turning to mist. You drop to the ground since he's no longer clutching your throat. And you see all of him is starting to be whisked away into the coffin about five feet from you. And it is quiet. And you are hurting, but it is quiet. Do I know if he's really gone and dead or just recovering? You can either make an arcana, a history, or a religion check. It's up to you. And based on what you choose, I'll give you a different answer. All right, well, the only one I'm trained in is arcana, so I'll roll arcana. Okay, go ahead. That's a total of 25. Nice check. You remember back in your early days studying with your parents and your other kin ledgers and books and volumes of monsters and horrible lore that you're 50% sure are just made up. But you remember hearing about uh, undead creatures that are spawned from the dark powers that be, are not created, but are spawned, um, that uh, some creatures are powerful enough to return to uh, their deathbed, essentially. Is he alive? Was he ever alive? No. Well, a thousand plus years ago, he was alive. (laughs) That's true. Uh, I meant not since last time you saw him, about five seconds ago. He should be dead now. No, wait. 
you can see across the way, Irina is holding a, uh, a stake in her hand. That's right. That's what he forgot. You need to punch the stake through his heart. Wait, you put a whole bunch of stakes within the coffin. Oh, you gotta see this. <laughs> you want to open the lid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you push open the lid, and within the coffin is a living, breathing, gasping, strawed, clutching holes and spikes <laughs> in his chest and within his body. They're jutting out, uh, grabbing onto them, trying to force himself out of it. But he is easily way too weak right now. Hey, sorry, we were cut off before when I was saying the thing, but what I want to say was, remember, a Renfield did this. And then I'm going to pull out my decanter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to point it down into the coffin, and then I'm just going to say, Geyser. Okay. Uh, as you do it, it is loud. The sound of gushing geyser, running water, 30 gallons filling this room is loud. But you hear something. You hear screaming, infernal, abyssal, violent screaming. The okay, sound so infernal of- and abyssal, what is he saying? Because I speak those. Yeah, you do. Uh, and he is screaming. That is what he's doing. <laughs> it's like, you know how someone can scream in Spanish where they go, I, it's like, it's kind of like that. <laughs> where it's screaming in a different like, language. <laughs> Whatever it is, is very upsetting. Um, and that's when you see it behind the guys or behind 30 gallons of water. You see flames erupting under within the coffin. Um, you kind of shy the decanter away just enough to see flames uh, that are engulfing Strahd that are more powerful than this magic water you're erupting. And an earthquake shakes the ground. The pillars outside of the catacombs start to shake and wobble. Dust starts to come from uh, from above you and the roof of the catacombs. And then all is silent. By the way, the, the geyser's still gone. Well, actually, geyser only lasts about six seconds. It's just me oh, saying it? it every six seconds. So I'm just like, geyser, 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 geyser. Got it. Again and again and again. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty much button mashing. <laughs> PK fire, PK fire, That's basically what it is. lightning bolt, lightning bolt, yeah. lightning bolt, lightning bolt. That's a hundred percent what it is. Um, do you turn it off? Do you want to see? Yeah, I'll stop saying it and take a look and see what I find. Uh, there's nothing there, Master. I've come to help you, Master Renfield. You idiot. The actual line is uh, something I can't use. But was he drinking wine and eating chicken? It is really a good movie. It's a great movie, and I just love that Renfield once again kills the vampire lord. Uh, The uh, five of you are currently standing within the catacombs, all awkwardly looking at each other, wondering what now. So I'm going to quickly just float down in front of Arena. Say, you wouldn't happen to know where Strahd's throne is, would you? Um... When? I want to take a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a selfie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Follow me, she says. Perfect. Wonderful. Let's go. Let's all go take it. Let's go. All go sit on the throne. She uh, she suggests that you guys uh, go back out into the courtyard. It'd be the easiest way to get there. Okay, yeah, let's just ferry everybody up. We'll, we'll, deus ex machina. Uh, before we go, I just want to use the remaining level one spell slots I have to just cast Cure Wounds on myself. Sure. Why not? She points to the broken window that I was talking about way earlier, within the first 30 minutes of this one shot. The broken window that is above the front doors on the second level. She says, if you go through there, that's where his audience hall used to be. That's what I was told. I, I'm sure that there's a throne in there somewhere. Okay, great. I'm going to fly up about 50 feet and cast Fireball on everyone. (laughs) What? Why? I told you. I wanted his power. You cast Fireball on your friends? Friends is the wrong word for it. (laughs) Everyone make a dexterity saving throw. (laughs) Does this also include your uh, homunculus? No, no. Homunculus is with me. Oh, this is a quickened Fireball, by the way. Sure. Yeah. How many sorcery points do you have left? 
Oh, I've got five sorcery points left. I'm good. Oof. Yeah. This is a quickened fireball. So everybody roll your saves. Uh, that's an 18 plus seven for a total of 25. Okay. It was 11. Flo is going to fail. You are going to take 86 plus five. So that would be 30 points of fire damage if you fail and 15 if you didn't. And now I'm going to use twin spell Firebolt. Firebolt who? Tristan and Flo. A firebolt only hits one person. No, twinned firebolt. Twinned spell. Got it. Roll an attack roll. See if it hits. For one, uh, 17 to hit. That'll just hit. All right. And for Desombra, 23 to hit. Uh, yeah, I would say that would hit. Great. 17 points of fire damage for Tristan. All right, I'm still up. And for Flo, only 11 points of fire damage for that twin spell. Hey, uh, Scott, can you roll me a charisma check, please? Okay. Just straight charisma? Yep. 13. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, continue. That's my turn. I am 50 feet in the air. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Flo and Tristan, what do you guys want to do? Your acquaintance just turned on you. Well, I'm going to cast Healing Prayer. It'll take 10 minutes. I don't care, because I don't care about any of that. It's not going to help now. That's an out-of-battle thing. Around six seconds. What? The spell takes 10 minutes. It will take you 600 turns. Uh, I will melt you before that ever happens. All right, so I guess... We can't just leave? Did we end this? (laughs) It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, ish. I'm trying to give y'all an ending. Yeah, well, Scott doesn't like being on our side. I want Strahd's power for myself. His kingdom is now mine. That's absolutely not how it works. (laughs) You think Strahd's reign was terrible. All right, so I can use Cure Wounds on myself, and I can use Healing Word on... You can't cast two spells that take spell slots in one turn. Has to be cantrip, yeah. Yeah, so you can cast Healing Word as a bonus action, and then a cantrip as a standard. Yeah, but that's the reason why I can do Quicken Spell, and then I use my action to cast Fireball. Because one of them is a cantrip, is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Well, screw you then. I'm going to cast up. <laughs> uh, I could do... Wait, I can pass you the decanter, and if you fly up like 30 feet, the you can use Geyser, and that shoots out another 30 feet, and we could hit her with the decanter. <laughs> I like that. All right, let's do that. I've been in the rain this whole time. <laughs> yeah, but you'd have to make a strength save or else fall off, fall prone, which would cause you to fall off the broom. <laughs> in which case, fall damage might take care of you. If they fall prone off the broom and fall to the ground, I'd be able to get attack off on them, right? You would. You haven't gone okay. yet. Uh, so what the item says, uh, produces 30 gallons of water that gush forth in a geyser 30 feet long, 1 foot wide. As a bonus action, while holding the decanter, you can aim the geyser at a creature you can see within 30 feet of you. The target must succeed with a DC 13 strength saving throw, or take 1d4 bludgeoning damage and fall prone. That's not me who has to roll it, right? No, it's Scott. Okay, I just want to make sure. You know, uh, Scott would have to roll it to make sure they don't fall prone. You're fine. It's also chance, d20. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, so you're doing it? I'm going to do that. I'm really right. tired. I'm sorry. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. And 8. So um, you you look just in time to see a, sp- a geyser of water erupt from the ground. Oh, no, no, no. I handed the decanter to flow to fire from midair so it could reach. Oh, sure, 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 sure. That would also mean that Desombra, the flow is pushed back. And uh, you're pushed off your broom. You fall 50 feet down. Let me roll 5d6. Also 1d4 from the decanter. <laughs> okay. Add insult to injury. <laughs> Every little bit helps, and this is a betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> That's 21 points of uh, falling damage. <laughs> 21, you say? 21 points of falling damage. Okay. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And plus 1d4. Excuse me. I totally forgot. We just had this conversation. Plus three points. The most important three points. Yes. And knocked prone. Prone, yeah. So all melee attacks have advantage. If only you hadn't healed yourself. Hey, I mean, I had spell slots left and I was low on hit points. Why wouldn't I try to heal myself at that point? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. That's why as soon as you said, I cast heal on myself, I was like, hmm. All right, so... Now that uh, 
Abathel is on the floor next to me, uh, prone. I'm just going to start attacking. I'm going to take out Sunny, and since they're prone, I have advantage. First one is a 14 plus 10. I think that'll hit. And second attack is a 12 plus 10. Another insult. The Sunsword does deal an extra D8 damage versus undead, but I'm not th- undead. that doesn't apply. No, not undead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and take my offhand attack, too, with the whip dagger. Oh, wow. Two net ones. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> okay. I think that happens. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and roll damage. Uh, for the first one, uh, 2d8 plus 7 uh, with Colossus Slayer. So that's, that's a total true. of uh, 13. And second attack, uh, 1d8 plus 7, uh, 13 again. I will look down at her and take Sunny and thrust Sunny down in a reverse grip into Abathel's chest once and then again once more. And remember, Renfield did this. Yeah. I'm melting! I'm melting! Oh, what a world! What a Buy a decanter! Oh, wow. My dreams of being the new Dark Lord of Barovia dashed to the rocks. (laughs) By a decanter. It's all poetic in the end. And as as the two of you go to walk, three of you go to walk away, uh, you feel something tugging on your pant leg. I'll turn and, you know, I'll, I'll have Sunny at the ready. You you look down and you see the homunculus uh, wave at you before the gem within its chest uh, explodes. Oh! It couldn't have lived without its mistress. Yeah, um, it is directly tied to the health of of the sorcerer that spawned. If it. only I was a homunculus psychiatrist and not just a horse psychiatrist. <laughs> I understand you've had a great loss recently. Uh, by the way, Scott, do you want to know why I made you roll the uh, charisma check? Yeah, sure. To both Flo and Tristan, you hear a familiar sound. Uh, <laughs> the sound of really heavy wings. As you look behind you, you can see a gigantic, not a gigantic, a large uh, stone gargoyle uh, fly up, pick up the body of Abafel and fly off wherever she's going, flying off. Well, I guess now we don't have to bury her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I hope everyone had fun listening to this. I certainly had fun DMing it. It's been a while since I played something like this. Can I do an epilogue real fast? Sure. After all this is done, Tristan goes off and opens a horse psychiatry clinic (laughs) with his partner, Sonny. Partner! (laughs) With his civil companion. Business partners! (laughs) <laughs> yeah, get your head out of the gutters. Well, Bert, I mean, they could be in love. I mean, Sonny does have a radiant disposition and a razor-sharp wit. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I want you all to know that, that killing you and taking Strahd's seat for myself was my plan all along. And then we defeated both villains with the most powerful magic item of all time, a glorified bottle of water. Yes. <laughs> Who needs a flying broom when you have a water bottle? I'm so glad that you brought that with you. It's like the stupidest thing, and yet it works so well in so many unconventional ways. Truly. Oh, man. By the way, Scott, you would love the Amber Temple. That's where Strahd made his deal. And on that note, we're going to end it here. <laughs> I hope all of you had fun. I certainly did. And thank you all for tuning in. Catch you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies, Summer of Strahd. It would really help us if you subscribed, shared, and left a five-star review in your podcast app. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise. Additional sound effects are courtesy of zapsplat.com. Our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. You can find more of his work at John Bliss Art. Summer of Strahd is produced and edited by me. DeSombra and Juan are our social media team, and you can find all of our social media handles and full show notes in one convenient place at rfedpod.com.